When people begin a spiritual path, they usually naively assume that they are identified with their body and their mind. And it takes a long time, usually, for someone to be convinced that that is not what the self is. But gradually, as the consciousness becomes more attuned to the mind's self-deceptions, and the body's symptoms of suffering as having been caused by conditionings. That have nothing to do with the self. But are simply internalizations of otherness. and lack of affirmation and love and respect and honoring. And as the realization deepens that the mind's patterns are automatic, they're not based on anything real or anything in the now, but on memories and traumas from the distant past that keep replaying and keep one imprisoned and fossilized within a paradigm, a play, a script, a straitjacket that has nothing to do with one's living reality of subjectivity, but that both body and mind are objects that appear in consciousness that simply are the result of wounds that were received and are the remnants of those wounds that have not yet fully healed. And that it's because of that wounding that consciousness identified with body and mind in order to bring healing to that wounded sector of consciousness, but instead by becoming identified the wound was simply magnified and one became the very wound that one intended to heal. and then became unable to suture it and to transcend it to discover who one really is. As one gradually learns to disidentify from the body-mind, consciousness begins to realize its beingness its I amness that exists prior to the body, that has nothing to do with 
the birth of the body or its processes of development that are all within the karmic field, but it recognizes that the karma, the world in which the body exists, the body-mind itself, is simply an object in consciousness that is a temporary vehicle of the I amness. But that the I amness is universal and is simply the expression of love. And it's that love that has brought one into beingness. It is a love to be, a love to share, a love to give, a love to heal that has brought one into this world. But that that love, when it was unrecognized and dishonored, abused, defiled, turned into its opposite hatred, anger, fury, and most of all, fear, terror. And having lost its knowledge, its living realization of the I amness, the consciousness then went into layer upon layer of defense against knowledge, against truth, against love, because the love in the past had been toxic love, abusive love, possessive love, love that was not real love. And so the fear of love, which was the only power to heal the wounds, prevented one from seeking or accepting the medicine that would bring one to freedom. But as one again realizes that, that consciousness is not a separate individual, is not the body or the mind that is identified with the body, but is simply presence and an energy of love that is the shakti, the life energy in the body itself, the prana. The mind begins to become calmer and more present, more inward. And the consciousness recognizes here that the physical world that was projected as an outside force is actually consciousness itself. And one enters what we call real too, the real that recognizes that all of this is love, but love that got manipulated into turning into its opposite. From beauty, it became ugliness. And all the permutations of those deformations of love became the nature of the world in which we live and one became cynical about the reality of love. Once love is touched again and the heart opens, that cynicism falls away, but there is still a fear that if one is too loving, one will again be attacked, one will be too vulnerable, one will not get one's needs met, etc. Because there's still contamination 
of the love by desire, by fear, by the illusion of the need for power over others in order to remain safe, etc. This gradually leads to a disgust with the ego and a realization that love must be completely purified of all of those negative traces. But that those traces remain implicit in the I amness itself. And so when that is recognized, one takes the final leap into real three with the realization that even the I amness is an illusion. There is no sense of being in the absolute and no desire to be, not even a love to be. The love transcends the duality of being and non-being, but enters into the realization that the absolute self is beyond the world, is prior to the world, and because the world itself is only consciousness, is only illusion, has no reality, the attention turns in that final dive to the core, the essence of the self into that realization of worldlessness and wordlessness in which both the illusion of body and mind fall away, the illusion of space and time fall away, the illusion of matter, and any interest, any desire to be, to become, to do, to act, falls away in the realization that one was never the doer anyway. That all of that was simply part of the play, the leela of consciousness expressing itself in every possible permutation of light and dark, good and evil, beauty and ugliness, all of it. But behind that all is the nothingness, contains the all, is the seed of the all, but in itself is liberated from any last trace of the vulnerability to being affected by what happens in this dream. One is fully awakened. The self is beyond the dream. And in that state, in that realization of the power that belongs only to the ultimate dreamer, the redreaming of the real, of real one, the phenomenal plane, begins to take place, but to take place spontaneously, not as some act of a, a self doing something. It is simply that freedom itself which enables the potential to emerge spontaneously of the purest beauty. And the recognition 
of that absolute as present everywhere and nowhere. And that all that seems to be in space and time and in a material world is just made up of those binary ones and zeros like in the matrix. It's, it's not a real world. It's information. It's light. But that light emanates from the Absolute and organizes itself in the most coherent, most beautiful, most truthful, most peaceful. most perfect way. As we approach that point of the exhaustion of the dream that has become a nightmare on the phenomenal plane, more and more of these nodes of consciousness that make up the net of Indra begin to awaken. And when a certain number of them recognize that the world is only the holodeck the hologram on which a new world can be dreamed together in synchronicity by all of those points of awareness that are not separate and do not even exist in any reality except as the emptiness of pure potential. A coherent waveform begins to animate all of them to produce simultaneously the new dream and the world morphs because every seemingly individual and separate mind is simply part of a single overall absolute consciousness and that absolute consciousness activates itself at that highest level in those points of awareness that have become awakened and that have surrendered to that ultimate intelligence. We have reached the moment in historical time when this is now beginning to occur. And therefore, there is no longer much resistance to the realization and the liberation from the ego because the power of the Absolute is moving within us to break open the ego's defensive shells and to awaken and inspire and activate our full latent potentials once more. And all that is necessary is simply to give up the illusion of being the separate, wounded, unhappy individual whose wounds have made it feel too weak and too unworthy to even know this, let alone to surrender to it and realize the truth that we are the Absolute. We are God together, but a God that is far different 
from any religious conception of that absolute that we will have ever learned anywhere. It's only an opening to the discovery of that truth and the renouncing of the forced belief in the illusions that keep the ego seemingly alive and keep the vain hope of healing within the ego from keeping one from transcending the ego. And the complete dispassion for existing as a physical being in a body in this world of suffering. That is the key to liberation. Death is not a tragedy. Not your death, not the deaths of others. It's always a liberation. Just as before you were born, it was not a tragedy that you weren't born. It won't be a tragedy when you return to the light. In fact, it will be bliss. And so the making of these melodramas of unworthiness and a belief that the only value is in existing physically with a breathing corpse rather than the immortal, eternal light being that you are that needs no body and needs no body <laughs> in order to be fully and infinitely far beyond what you could imagine or conceive real and alive that brings the miracles that are always present in that ultimate real able to be channeled into this plane of the dream and make cause and effect itself an obsolete deception that enables the healing of even the gravest diseases to happen easily. But the disease that is the ego itself must be healed first. And the disease of clinging to life and the disease of worshiping fear rather than the love of the absolute that keeps you in the side of darkness and under the control of the satanic forces must be overcome. It is only those who are fearless and who surrender the very desire to exist as a separate being and to have anything for that separate being who are liberated into the ultimate bliss and empowerment of the Absolute. So let us give ourselves that gift of freedom from the known, which is always an illusion, and enter into the unknowable that is and has always been 
all that we are. Let's meditate.